What's up, what's up, everybody? Michael Johnson here with the Business Choreography Podcast, and I'm excited that you're here today because we've got another incredible guest. Today with us on the show is Andy Height. Andy is a recognized leadership coach who supports entrepreneurs, executives, and their teams as they navigate the world of building lives and businesses filled with prosperity, meaning, and freedom. Guys, we need this, all of us. We need this. I'm so excited he's here today to share with us his wisdom and all of his experience. So let's cue the intro and we'll jump right in. Listen, there's a lot to learn when growing and scaling your business. That's why we created the Business Choreography Podcast, where we talk about choreographing your marketing, operations, and sales into dynamic systems that increase your revenue and your impact. We'll explore solid business principles and discuss all things that make businesses dance to success with clarity. We'll help you figure out where the holes are in your business and what you can do to fix them. Think of us as your official business choreographers, aka your insider growth strategists. Remember, your choreography matters. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. Andy, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here. Hey, Michael, thank you for having me. It's, uh, it's going to be fun. I'm excited to uh, explore and chat today. Absolutely. And can I say before we go, yeah. I, lo- I love the name of your podcast, Business Choreography. Thank you. I, uh, my previous life before getting into coaching was in the arts. I was uh, an actor, um, singer, dancer, did a lot of choreography. My wife is a dancer. So choreography is, is a term that is floated around this house a lot. So (laughs) I totally got it when I, when I heard it. I love it. I love it. We love it too. We're former professional ballroom dancers, both me and my business partner at different times, different eras, but we've both been on the floor, love the lights, but we also love the idea that in business, we also have to choreograph things too. And it's everything from, you know, the funnels that you're doing to your life and how it integrates in with the business. It's just, you know, it's important to get that choreography. And that, that being said, your leadership leadership coach and you're doing a lot of stuff with executives and entrepreneurs and holy cow you didn't just do it so you ended up there somehow on some winding crazy road to get to this place yeah and i'd love to hear more about that backstory and journey so take us there how did how did this happen yeah no like i said thanks um uh i started out um in the arts uh i moved to chicago um, in the late, late nineties, uh, to, to be an actor. Right. Um, and I did that professionally for five or six years. I was a union actor on many Chicago stages. Oh man. Um, and then I transitioned over, frankly, I was a little bored. Um, cause I liked that, but you know, when you're an actor, you don't go to work until six, seven o'clock at night. Right. So I was like, what the heck am I doing? You know, I need, uh, I need more in life. So I started um, with a theater in the area. I was an artistic director and I did that for 15 years, overseeing the, the, the productions, the theater, it's, it's artistic life. Right. Um, all along the way, um, leadership was um, something that I was really curious about because quite frankly, there wasn't great leadership at this organization. Right. Um, and so I learned a lot about leadership through what <laughs> not to do. 
Right. Because my life was not quite uh, choreographed well alongside this <laughs> organization. And a lot of the staff, you know, the my direct reports did not really enjoy all aspects of the work. And so leadership became really important to me. How do we relate to people? How do we lead them? How do we bring out the best in them so that we can have great product, great business, great profits? Um, because our people are the engine that create all of it. And if they're stressed, if they're anxious, if they're not at their best, so too the organization is not at its best. And so that became a huge um curiosity for me. How do we do this thing called leadership and management well so that everyone thrives and the right. system itself thrives? And that I did that for 15 years. And wow. so because that was such a, a curiosity of mine, I started like working on the side and teaching and coaching uh, and discovered that, oh, I actually have a real talent in this, this coaching world. Yeah. And as things typically do, it sort of grabbed me by the, the shirt collar and pulled me in kicking and screaming. Um, and I decided, hey, I want to go back to my roots of being an entrepreneur because my father was an entrepreneur. Um, throughout all of this work, I had side gigs and I really wanted to to test my 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 skills at not only running my own business, but being a leader and helping people and businesses, entrepreneurs um, bring this into their work so that right. they too could thrive. Right. And that's kind of what brings us to where we are today. I'm leadership coach working with executives and entrepreneurs. My goodness. Why, why did you choose <clears throat> the executives and entrepreneurs to work with specifically? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to be like real and authentic. So I got into coaching because I was just curious. I'm a person that is interested in self-development. And so right. I started working with a coach and I thought, you know, I'd like to do this. How do I do this and make a living? Because I'd already right. been making a good living and I love it. I'll never forget it. This, this coach at the time said, listen, people will pay for coaching if it helps them get laid or get paid. <laughs> and so I thought, well, maybe for me, life coaching wasn't the thing. I love the world of entrepreneurialism. I'm an entrepreneur at heart. Let me work with this group. Right. Um, let me help them. Let me um, be a part of their journey. And it frankly is, it's my favorite part of, of what I do is working with entrepreneurs because they're still in it. They're ultimately creative. They're sometimes wearing multiple hats. And so they really have to have their choreography down. Like, am I, you know, wearing the marketing and sales hat? Am I wearing the CEO hat? Am I working on operations? They really need to know where they are in their process. And I find that intriguing. I find um, working in that realm very exciting. Right. I love the idea that... Um... <clears throat> that you learned the leadership side in the early days from what not to do. I think a lot of times people think that it's like a this journey where I'm going to learn this in school and learn all the things to do. 
And I remember I, I was a COO of a software company for a while. And oftentimes I didn't want those students that graduated and they knew all the things to do. I actually wanted people that were versed and knew what not to do because they'd already done it and figured out that oh, it's not a great way to go. But I love that concept and I love the idea of learning what not to do. But I want to dig into that just a little bit. Uh, and, and let's take it from that perspective instead yeah. of from the positive perspective. Let's talk about the things not to do, because I think we we can maybe relate to that and, and understand and maybe connect to some of those things you learned on that journey. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The, the best way to learn something is through uh, the University of Hard Knocks sometimes, right? Yeah. If you could just learn it through a book or a lecture, I yeah. think we see very different levels of leadership in the world right now. <laughs> and that just isn't what we're seeing. Um, I think the biggest thing that I learned in what not to do is making it about me and what I want, because that tends to keep it the, the focus of the organization very narrow. Um, the leader that, that I refer to, uh, he really governed the, and I use governed purposefully, um, through a lens of fear. He was motivated by stress and fear. Right. And any time that that's happening, we're not in the creative realm of leadership. Um, we're very reactive. Right. And so, you know, control, arrogance, uh, um, pleasing, um, being passive, you know, a lot of these qualities come out because they're self-protective qualities. Right. Versus, you know, um, having a much bigger vision and why and leading um, our people um, to be the very best they can be um, in their roles. Because when we develop leaders and those leaders can develop leaders, man, the organization can, can thrive. But the biggest thing that stood out to me was when the objectives were personal and about that particular leader, um, a lot of negativity can come from that. And I imagine you have seen this and many of your listeners have experienced this. Um, it, it can it can be a recipe for for disaster. And, and, and really, it stifles organizations. It stifles businesses. Right. That is so true, and it, and it, and it it's such a top down uh, issue mm -hmm. that a lot of businesses have to deal with. What does a leader do that's in that second or third position down when it's really coming top down? You can see it, you feel it. I think a lot of us have maybe been there where you know from the top, this is just not going well but you know better and you have some leadership skills. How can you go about making a difference when you know it's coming top down and, and your people are feeling it, but you don't want to necessarily lead that way? Yeah. I mean, that's really what I had to do. And frankly, it was a lot of hard knocks. <laughs> yeah. It was difficult, right? So a lot of what we talk about in, in my practice are, are four varieties or ways to lead. Leading up, you know, we many people have a boss or bosses. How do you lead up and have those conversations? Uh, many of us have peers, you know, whether it be in a C-suite or other directors. How do you lead across and linearly um, there and then down? 
Right. And the fourth one is self-leadership, which I think is really the key that unlocks all of it. But um, it can be tough for a, a middle manager or a director who their bosses um, don't have the best leadership. Right. I think they have to get really clear on who they are, what it is that's important to them, and start to get honest with themselves and the leader above. You know, and that's right. that's a, a, a you have to tread lightly as you begin to do that. You know, for right. me, I had to start to stand up for myself a little bit and say, listen, you I'm here with this title because I assume you want this level of um, a director level showing up, bringing this product, this expertise, this um, level of leadership. Is that what you want? You know, of course, the answer is yes. They're not going right. to say no. I, at least my leader didn't. And <laughs> then I had to say, well, this is from now on what I'm going to deliver. Right. You may, in fact, disagree with that, which is fine. But it doesn't really work for me personally to just continue to be passive. And so let's create a conversation when we disagree rather than me just um, take your um, dictate and then move. And so I, we started slowly creating a little bit of a dialogue. Right. You know, and it was confronting for that leader at times. Sure. sure. Um, but that helped. And I also had to decide who do I want to be a leader to my direct reports. Right. And, and I really showed up and started to develop my brand of leadership, which to me is more akin to what you may have heard or like authentic leadership. Right. I'm a human, I'm fallible, but I'm going to show up that way. And I'm going to help the people that I work with become the best they can be. Because I know when that happens, their performance goes up, the organization productivity goes up. When that happens, profitability goes up, all the above. Right. I love that. And, you know, the, as you were talking earlier, you said something that really stood out to me, which is people are the engine. Yeah. And with the understanding and idea that that the great leaders on top recognize that and yeah. they utilize that in a positive way so let's talk about that like i know that you know it's common amongst the employee ranks to feel like they are the engine but that they're being used so how can leaders be able to utilize their people as the engine because they are Mm -hmm. But but make sure and ensure that they aren't feeling used in that process. Yeah. And I, and I use engine in a different way rather than a cog in a wheel, right? Sure. Or a commodity or a just a tool. I think right. a lot of times in leadership nowadays, um, it, which I think is really more management than actual leadership, right? We want something to be delivered well on time and at a particular um, level of, of perfection. Right. And we just manage people to do that. Well, that doesn't leave any room for that person's, you know, creativity, which could be a huge boon, uh, and benefit to the organization. It doesn't, uh, allow them to blossom and, and create leaders beneath them. And so, what I think and what I've seen is most beneficial is that selfless leader when the objectives aren't about their own ego, 
and is a, about the organization's growth when they more um, lead their people, allow them, help them, in fact, to grow, um, teach them to give them space to become the best that they can be. Because when that happens, I, I've seen time and time again, each department improves, the organization improves. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I I wonder, you know, in that process of, of teaching them and allowing them to grow, what kind of things have you found to work really well in that space? Obviously, we have to give our people time to do their job, mm-hmm. do the thing that they are there to do. But at the same time, most leaders these days are really moving towards us a, uh, a stance that says, I, I want you to grow and I want you to continue to improve. So how do you spend time on the improvement and growth side and still let them have enough time or give them enough time to actually get the job done? Yeah, I am personally a big uh, fan of like KPRs, KPIs, OKRs, rocks, whatever you call them. You know, something for the employee, the director could be, you know, to measure themselves by so that they can come to you and say, hey, I'm having difficulty here. Or you as the the leader, the CEO can say, hey, we're not we're not quite hitting what we're up against. You know, sometimes I think authentic leadership or servant leadership or whatever you want to call it can get a bad rap because people think, oh, it's just like let them blossom, let them do their thing. No, I think there has to be accountability. And without accountability, growth can be very difficult. Right. And so I think those um, milestones are super important. And then the leader coaching them. I think the best leaders are really good coaches. Right. They enroll them in a conversation of how's it going? Oh, I see that you're struggling here. What are some things that you think might help you get over that hump? Are there resources that you need um, that might help you get over that hump? You know, how might your own beliefs and perspectives be um, hindering you in your job performance? So it's helping those those um, employees and directors, whomever they may be. It could be C-suite. You know, you could be the CEO talking to your C-suite folks. You know, how what do you need and how might you solve those problems for yourself so that you can hit those milestones? Right. Right. Makes a lot of sense. And what do you think is like, you've got these people and, and sometimes you're helping them to grow and you're helping them to take that next step and that next level of advancement. How, how do you deal with this idea that some people are just not meant to be leaders? Do you feel like it's something that's trainable, teachable, or do you feel like it's something that like you're either a, a born leader or you're not like, what are you, what's your stance on that? And how do you, how do you teach around that? Excellent question. Um, I think there are some that, that are born with other, with sort of leadership qualities, but I think I'm really of the belief that true leadership is developed. Right. And I do believe almost anyone can be a leader. I do think that some need more self, uh, self-improvement, professional development in order to do that, self-awareness, right. um, uh, rising levels of consciousness. Um, right. You know, one of the things we see in research is 
you know, if you look at an X and Y axis for your listeners, I'm trying to create one here um, with my hands. The more that uh, one does self-development work and raises their level of consciousness, they actually, on, on, I think that's the, is that the X axis? Oh, I get him confused. Almost. Yeah, me too. The the north and down one. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, you can see how it, um, and if the y-axis is like business growth, you see a direct correlation um, that the more that one grows personally and as a leader, the business, their leadership effectiveness grows and the business itself grows. And this has been, studied amongst major, you know, Fortune 100 companies, you know, all the way down to entrepreneurs. We know that this is true. Um, and so those that really are willing to do the, the work and sometimes harder work, it's actually easier to be an authoritarian leader versus the, the sort of servant or authentic you know, the ones that kind of allow for a little bit of failure before we gr grow the strengths. Um, it's actually uh, easier to do that. But the one that pays off in the end is when we help our leaders grow, when we provide the, the culture and the circumstances so that they can grow. Right. You know, when is a good timing. We've got a lot of listeners out there listening to this right now and thinking, okay, okay, I can see how this is valuable. When's a good time in the business progression and the business's growth to start thinking about applying uh, these skills and getting help with it, uh, such as that that you do in your business? Like, how do How do they know when it's good to start thinking about doing that? Um, yesterday. <laughs> I love it. I mean, really now, because even if you're a solopreneur, right. Or you you're running a very tight ship or small team. What we know again, like the, the more that, and the fourth, um, uh, pillar of leadership that I mentioned, which is self-leadership, which I think is the most important, um, the more that that leader grows themselves and their level of awareness, their level of consciousness, their, their level to show up creatively rather than from a fear, stress, or reactive way, um, that business, their leadership effectiveness is going to grow and that business is going to grow um, almost 100% of the time. Right. And so I think the work uh, is available and, and should be done today. Right. Right. So talk to me a little bit about what it would be like to work with you and your company and, and what that looks like, because I think a lot of times the unknown is clearly the scary thing to do. And I know that for entrepreneurs and business owners out there, there's a lot of scary things we do. We take a lot of risk. We, we do a lot of things that are outside the norm. But one of the things that we do is we we take risks on things we don't know and we justify it. But it's a lot easier for us to get in and, and make the jump and make the uh, move when we know what the process is going to look like. So yeah. what does it look like when they were to – if they were to come in and start working with you, what do you guys do? How does that yeah. work and how can they get started? 
Well, you and Lexi may see this in your work when you work with somebody. I imagine you sit down and you you say, well, what do you want? What do you want to create? What's the destination? Right. right. Which is really the hard part. Right. I don't know if you see this in your work. I see it almost 100% of the time. Right. What are you looking to create? What do you want out of your business? So we always start there. You know, what do you want out of your leadership? How do you want to show up as a leader? How does this play into your business objectives? So the first thing we always do is get super clear on what are we working towards and how do we measure our success? Because the worst thing that we could do is just jump in and start having conversations. Right. Um, so that's that's first and foremost. And then we start to like create the roadmap to get there. And we do it often through the lens of leadership. Who do you need to start to show up as that you may not be now that goes in and doubles revenue in two years or a year, right? What, what currently in your um, perspective and your beliefs and your ideas and thoughts might be limiting you from actually going out to do that. Right. Um, and we can always find a number of things, right? Beliefs, perspectives, fears, um, mindsets that inhibit that kind of growth. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Marshall Goldsmith's book, What Got You Here Got You Won't Get You There. Won't get you there. Yes. Yeah. So that really is in many ways the premise of of our work is like we work with really driven people who want a lot, but they're they're probably hitting some kind of ceiling. Right. And so what we have to do is change, grow beyond what got them to where they are. Right. And oftentimes that is um, the soft skills. Right. They're, they're already, they already know how to do what they're doing and getting the skill to do something else is very simple. You know, there's probably YouTube book, free books or paid books. Like knowledge isn't our problem. Right. We are our problem. <laughs> our thoughts yeah. and beliefs and perspectives are the thing that hold us back. Um, probably 80% of the time. Right. Right. And so that's what we do is we get super clear on where we're going and why. Um, and then we start to create that roadmap um, to get us there. Right. But it's always the case is when we're trying to do something we've never done before, well, we're going to hit some friction. Right. Right. And that's really where coaching can be rich. Right. Because friction happens because we already have a mental picture of what should and shouldn't be. What we should be experiencing, what we should be accomplishing, um, what should be easy, what's scary, what's not. And so these mental pictures are the things that that kind of halt us, that stop us. Some of them are hiding in our blind spots. We don't even know they're there. How do you find those? Those things that are in your blind spots? Obviously, that's why we want to get in and work with you, right? Because you yes. can see the blind spots that we can't see. Well, right. We, I mean, I work with my own coach because I can't see my blind spots, right? right. We, we get with someone, whether it's a coach, sometimes it could be a mentor who is skilled at this type of work, um, seeing things that the individual can't. Sometimes a counselor can do this, you know, um, but getting with someone that can help you see that which you can't. Right. 
you know, I was working with a, a potential client a couple of hours ago. And one of the things that that we saw that was really holding him back was kind of a negative belief of success. Right. I was like, so tell me about that. What we what we dug down to was his father was a very successful doctor, you know, making a very good living. But what he saw in that was a guy that he didn't love, that was somewhat miserable, that was an authoritarian, that thought the only path towards uh, a successful life was through grinding and earning. And what we discovered was there was a part of him that wanted no part of that. And if that's what success looked like, he started to sabotage himself every time he would get close. Right. Just one version of how it can play out. Right. Crazy. Yeah. And there's so many different things that can come up in that path. And, and that's why it's so imperative to have your guides, mentors, coaches yeah. along the way. And, yeah. uh, and I appreciate that so much. So talk to us a little bit about how people can find you, get in touch and, and maybe learn some more from you. Um, well, I, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, I'm pretty easily searchable. Um, if you just plug in Andy height, H I T E. Um, I also, uh, have a page on our website, um, that your listeners can stop by and see, uh, Andy height, H I T E coaching.com Andy slash BC, um, for business choreography. Um, I have a couple of, of assessments there. One is um, entrepreneurial fitness. So it kind of looks at, hey, how's your leadership? How's the how are the fundamentals of your business? You know, how are you showing up? So it looks at uh, three key areas um, to give you a picture of where you may want to kind of build out the fullness of yourself as, a, as an entrepreneur. There's also a a leadership assessment there. How are you showing up as a leader? How is that helping your, um, your causes? Um, and there's also, you know, if anybody is interested, you asked about what it's like to work. If, if that's intriguing, there's also a, a place there that somebody can sign up for, um, a coaching session, completely awesome. complimentary for that's your listeners. Great. Man, you talked yeah. about one you were doing earlier today. That's incredible and very generous. Uh, guys, you know, you've been listening. We've got some great things that we learned today. Go back, listen, take some notes. Uh, I, I think there's just so much here. And if you're an entrepreneur, leadership is always on your plate and you just can't get away from it. So if you're in the space where you're an entrepreneur, business owner, for goodness sakes, you're a leader. Whether you're you like a leader. Not, whether you like it or not, you got to yeah. do it. You got to step up and you got to figure out what your space and way of doing it is. And this is a great way for you to go and do that. Andy, we appreciate you so much. And we, we are so thankful that you were a guest today on the show. Before we leave, give us some words of wisdom that, uh, that our listeners can part with. Yeah. Um, so one, one of the things that I see is there are people that play to not lose versus going out and playing to win. And so my, my parting uh, wisdom would be look, look at, see if we're playing defensively and not to lose rather than just setting a bold 
vision for yourself and going for it unabashedly because that will always get you further down the line. Absolutely. Don't play to lose, play to win. Play to win. I love that. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. We appreciate Andy for being here. And of course, as usual, keep working on choreographing your business. We'll see you guys next time on the next episode of Business Choreography. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. Want more business choreography? Check out our website at bizchoreo.com to find out more. And find out how the choreography for your marketing operations and sales can raise your revenue and create more impact. Remember, every business needs choreography.